Okay, mamas, I have heard your pleas for help, and today we are going to talk tips to start getting your kids organized. Welcome to Cocktails in Containers, your source for organizing strategies perfectly paired with a cocktail. And now, here's your host, who needs a little wine to go with her kids' wine, Christy Lingo. Hello, and welcome back to Cocktails and Containers. For those of you new to this podcast, my name is Christy Lingo. I'm a mom to two boys, ages five and seven, a mom organizing expert, and I've been working as a professional organizer for nearly a decade. My goal with this podcast is to chat about ways to organize and simplify your family and give you a delicious cocktail to help you celebrate surviving another day of parenting. Today's episode was recorded in a recent live chat in my Cocktails and Containers Facebook group where I talked about my three basic tips for starting to get your family organized. And you'll also get a bonus tip on how to organize your kids' toys when the question came up from somebody who was on that live chat. I go live in this group every week, so it's a great way to chat directly with me and other mamas like you about organizing issues you might be having in your home. So be sure to look us up the next time you're on Facebook. Just search for Cocktails and Containers. And before we get into this week's organizing tips for kids, let's have a cocktail. Seeing as Tuesday is Fat Tuesday, I figured a hurricane was in order. And just a little bit of history on the hurricane before we get into the recipe. Legend has it that it was developed in the 1940s by a New Orleans tavern owner named Pat O'Brien. O'Brien needed to use up the less popular rum that he had in backstock, and thus the fruity cousin to the daiquiri was born. The name came because the glass that they served it in resembled the top of a hurricane lamp, and so this Fat Tuesday New Orleans staple was born. And while the original is made with fashionola, which is a passion fruit syrup, I did find a recipe that's very similar to the original, but it may be a little bit easier to find the passion fruit juice. So to make your hurricane, you are going to take two ounces of light rum, two ounces of dark rum, two ounces of passion fruit juice, which you can usually find if you've got an international grocery store or maybe in the international aisle of your grocery store, one ounce of orange juice, the juice of half a lime, a tablespoon of simple syrup, and a tablespoon of grenadine. You can also have an orange slice and some cherries for a garnish if you'd like. And to make, you're going to squeeze that lime juice over ice in a shaker and then put all of the remaining ingredients into that cocktail shaker and shake well. Strain it into the hurricane glass and garnish with the cherry and the orange slice. And that, my friends, is your traditional Fat Tuesday hurricane. Remember, you can find this and every recipe we make here on Cocktails and Containers in the show notes, which are at podcast.simplesolutionsorganizing.com. And now let's go over my three basic tips for organizing kids. First thing I want to talk about, and this is sort of what I do with all of organizing clients, whether it's for kids or for adults or for seniors, I tell you to keep it simple. You have to keep things very simple because a lot of times our adult brains come up with systems that are 
way too hard for kids. And so what I want you to do is start with a very, very basic system for your family. So I gave the example of my kids and their laundry. So one thing that I do with them is it's tops and bottoms and PJs, essentially, you know, and then underwear and socks, but tops, bottoms, PJs. It's not like these are your sweatshirts and these are your t-shirts and these are your this and these are your that. I really want to keep it as simple as possible so that they can be participating in putting things away so they can find things to dress themselves and, and start sort of start to keep those habits in place for the kids to be part of the family and to organize themselves. So when you start with a system, you know, maybe you have just a big bin of vehicles for your kids' toys. You don't necessarily have, these are the matchbox cars and um, these are the airplanes and these are the bicycles or motorcycles or something like that. You know, you want to keep it as simple as possible so that the kids can get on board with it and can learn and can feel confident moving forward in what they're doing. So really start with those systems being very simple and very easy for the kids to follow because if there's too many steps and there's too much to do, you know, like when I tell my five-year-old when we're walking out the door in the morning, hey, grab your shoes, get your coat, get your hat, get your gloves, brush your teeth, do your hair. It's just like his brain doesn't work anymore. So I want to try to keep it as easy as possible for the kids to follow so that they feel confident and so that they'll actually like want to be involved and be part of the process of getting the house organized in and keeping it there. And so that when they grow up, they can grow into adults that are like actually working on these kinds of things. So keep it nice and simple and keep the cleanup, keep the tasks simple and short. So maybe not necessarily focus on an entire room at one time. Maybe you go with, you know, let's focus on putting our shoes back where they go or putting our bags where they go, or cleaning up the coat area versus like, let's clean up the living room. You know, the attention spans of kids is going to, you know, maybe be about five to 10 minutes. And so you really want to try to keep things as short and simple as possible when you are talking about organizing your your kids. Also, what you want to do is, you know, get rid of the extra stuff. And I know that this is sort of like a duh when you're talking about organizing, but if you have way more to put away, I, I say, if you have a hundred toys to put away or you have 10 toys to put away, which is going to take you less time? Obviously, the 10 toys is going to take you less time. And I realize that having 10 toys is sort of a, you can't just have 10 toys. But I do feel like if you can get rid of the stuff that they're not playing with and the stuff that they don't want to use, you're going to be much more likely to, um, they're, it's going to take a lot less time to put those things away because if they get everything out and there's only 25 or 30 toys, you're going to have a lot less stuff to put away versus if you have 350 toys. Today, uh, I was working in a toy room with a mom who, you know, there was just so much stuff in the room. And she's like, I just don't understand why we can't keep up with it. And I said, well, I can tell you why you can't. It's because you literally have a 20 by 20 foot room that's full to the brim with toys. And that's why you can't keep up with it. So the less options that they have to play with, you know, especially if there's a bunch of stuff that doesn't necessarily get played with, but it's stuff that's just getting dumped on the floor. Like anybody who's been with me for a while knows that I like literally cannot stand stuffed animals. And I, they are just up in the kid's room and they just get dumped out of the bins that we have onto the floor and then get picked up. Like 
Occasionally they might sleep with one or want to snuggle with one, but there's maybe one or two that are regularly used in our house. But for the most part, these toys are like not used. And so to me, keeping all of those things around that the kids aren't wanting, you know, every time we go to get rid of them, we get rid of five or six or seven, but you know, I need to follow my own advice and really pare down those things that they're not playing with so that when it comes time to pick up the toys that they've dumped out, we only have one container that has stuffed animals in it versus having, you know, two big ones that they have to play with. So keep it simple, keep your cleanup time short, pare that stuff down so that it makes everything easier to put away. So that is tip number one for dealing with kids. Number two is be consistent. So this is something that even as a professional organizer, I struggle with is consistency with the systems in our home. Uh, we'll be really good for a while and then I sort of fall off the wagon a little bit. So if you say every night before dinner, we want you to pick up the toys in the house, then pick up the toys every night before dinner. You want to make sure that you're actually doing the thing that you're, do you're telling them you want to do on a regular basis because that is how teachers get kids to be on board with systems. They know that before they go to lunch, they do this thing or before they go to recess, there's this, there's some sort of a consistency to the schedule for the day for kids. And kids brains love schedule. They love routine. They love doing the same thing over and over again on a regular basis. And so the more consistent you can be with these plans that you have to organize your family, the better off you're going to be as far as success. So if you keep it very simple, like every night before we go to bed, we're going to pick up you know, all of the books off of our nightstand or every night before dinner or before nap time, we're going to pick up the living room where all of the toys are. If you're consistent and do that on a regular basis and keep the tasks short and simple, you're going to have a lot higher success rate in keeping your kids organized. So keep it simple, keep the tasks short, be consistent with doing them with your kids on a regular basis. And then third, cue them. And this is something that a lot of people I think skip or they think like, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm nagging my kids or saying the same things over and over again. So when we go to come in the house, my five-year-old, he's like one shoe will be on the counter and one shoe will be like underneath the table and, you know, the coat will be up in the bedroom. And I don't understand how things get all over the house. But what I've found is if as I'm coming in the house with him, I say to him, when we go in the house, I want you to hang up your coat. I want you to put your shoes into the shoe tray. I want you to hang your bag on the hook, you know, sort of like run through through the steps that I want him to do when we go into the house and sort of give him a cue, he's much more likely to actually follow through with the things that I want him to do versus if I just, we walk in the door and, you know, I go do my thing and he does his thing. If he, if I sort of give him instruction and say, these are the next three things that I want you to do before you move on to something else, then he can find his shoes or find his hat or find his gloves the next morning when we're getting ready to run out the door. And I think that it, it may seem like you're saying the same thing over and over again, but I think the success rate for for working with kids is because their little brains can't retain that information for that long. Like they may know that they're supposed to be putting their coat on the hook or their shoes in the tray, but 
the fact that they might forget it. There's a lot that's happened between when they took that coat out of the house to go to school in the morning and when they're arriving home at night. So cues like in five minutes, we are going to brush our teeth. And then after you're done brushing teeth, you have 10 minutes to look at books until it is time to go to bed. Sort of give them verbal cues. You know, in the morning, we typically get up at 7.45. 8.15 is when we will do breakfast or be done with breakfast and go get dressed. And so usually at eight o'clock, I'll be like, in 15 minutes, it's time to get dressed. And then at 8.10, I will be like, in five minutes, it's time to get dressed. And the reason that I do this as annoying as it is, or it may sound, is because I really want them to get this idea that it's coming, it's coming, prepare yourself. We're about to make a shift in what you're doing right now is eating and what you are going to be doing next is getting dressed. So by sort of preparing them with these verbal cues that there's a change that's coming and I really want you to be on board for this change and know what's going on, that is going to make that transition a lot more successful because kids really before the age of about 10 or 12 have trouble with those transitions. So you really want to make sure that you're sort of giving them a cue that says in X amount of time, we're going to be doing this, or this is what's going to happen when we go into the house or so on and so forth. So giving those verbal cues, maybe once or twice, it depends on how you know, how your kid responds to dealing with these changes and transitions. You may need to give them a cue four times to let them know what's going to happen and what's going to change. But I what I'm trying to get at is that preparing them for that transition is going to make the transition more successful. So it's going to lead to smoother mornings. It's going to lead to smoother bedtimes. It's going to lead to, you know, them understanding that when they come in the house and after they're done here, they're going to have a snack, but then they're going to be expected to do their homework in 10 or 20 minutes after they've eaten their snack. So just sort of preparing them for those transitions. But just to review sort of my three, and these are just the basics that I talk to clients about or the moms that I'm working with in my coaching program about how to start getting your kids organized. And that is to keep it simple, keep your instructions short, keep the task short and small so that kids can feel successful, be consistent with how you apply them, make sure that you're doing them on a regular basis so that the kids can it can become part of their routine, which they're very good at, and they can also start to feel very confident in what they're doing. And then finally, cue them. Make sure that you let them know what is going to be coming up. In five minutes, we are going to transition to a new activity. You know, that's the kind of things that they'll do if you go and you listen in a preschool class or in a, in a regular class. You know, the teachers will be saying, you know, hey, you have 10 minutes until snack time is done, and then we're going to move on to story time. They're constantly giving verbal cues to let the kids know when that transition is going to happen. So those cues will really help to make things a lot smoother and let the kids know what the expectations are going to be. Let's see. I'm just going to double check, scroll down here here to see if we have any questions. Becca wants to know what's the best way to organize toys, a cube system. Okay, so Becca, there is no one way. And I know you probably want me to be like, is this the best way? So here is my toy thing. Get rid of the stuff that your kids aren't playing with. First of all, that is really important because 
no matter who you are, you know, like I feel like we're really good at it. I still know that there's tons of stuff that I could get rid of in my kid's room. So get rid of the stuff that you don't play with. The system, the place to store it is really going to depend on your toys that you have in your house. So for instance, yesterday I was working in a place that had Barbies and lots of stuff like that. And all the Barbie stuff is like this big, right? It's all super teeny tiny, lots of little stuff. I would definitely not get a cube storage system for things like Barbies. The reason being is that you've got a lot of little stuff and then you've got big containers and all it's going to end up is a big jumbled mess in the bottom of that container. So you have to look at the relative size of those items. And the best thing to do is sort it all out, see the size of the piles that you have out there, and then sort of say, okay, well, it looks like about the size of a cube or even measure it, you know, like, oh, it's 12 inches. Okay, it would fit inside a cube. In that sense, yes. But if you're dealing with a lot of small stuff, you may want to look into something like, um, I found that scrapbook storage, because it's made to fit like 12 inch by 12 inch pieces of paper and they're like little locked bins. And they sometimes come where you can put several of them in um, like a stack of drawers or something like that is really good if you have a lot of really small stuff or Legos, things like that, you know. I would never suggest putting Legos in a cube storage system because again, you're gonna get a lot of little pieces that are all gonna sort of fall to the bottom of that cube. And then when you go to find it, you're gonna have a mishmash of all kinds of different stuff. So I tend to, to you have to really figure out what the size is that you're needing. So a lot of baby toys, that's what I was working on today. I was working with a mom. She has a lot of bigger like baby toy type things. The cube storage wouldn't work for that either because they're too big. We had all of these items today that were too big for the um, system that she had. So sort the stuff out, put like with like, figure out you know, roughly the size of a container you would need by getting out a ruler or a measuring tape and actually measuring the size of the pile that you have and then look for tubs or bins or something like that. Another thing that I personally do, like if I have a mom that calls me and says, I'm looking for Lego storage, I go to Pinterest and I look and see what's working for people on Pinterest. You know, how do your kids play with their toys? Is it Legos? Are they free building? Are they building things by they do the the set all together, you know, in that sense, you might keep the whole set together in a Ziploc bag or in a small container and then, you know, put the instructions in there like that. But if they're a free builder, you might want to do something like putting all the colors together or something like that. So kind of depends on what your kids have, what they play with, but the best system for organizing toys is going to be based on what they're playing with. And if they have a primary toy that they're playing with, like Barbies or Legos or Matchbox cars or something like that, one of the best ways I can tell you is to just go visit Pinterest, put in organizing matchbox cars or organizing Barbies and see what comes up and see if there's anything that sort of gels with what you've done. If you do have a cube storage system currently, and you know, you may have seen in, you know, follow me on Instagram or something like that. You may have seen, I like to break down those cubes into smaller chunks with things like pencil boxes or um, scrapbook paper boxes, you know, that are, that are smaller. They're like 12 by 12. They fit down into the bin and they kind of subdivide it. Ziploc bags are great for that too, but try to, to, if the cube storage is what you have, but you have a lot of little things, try to make it divide that space into a little bit smaller space so that you're not, again, losing all that stuff in the bottom of the bin. 
Let's do a quick recap on those three basic tips for organizing your kids. Number one, keep it simple. You want them to participate in the process, so keeping it easy will help them feel confident about helping out, or they might even be able to do it on their own when you're not around. Keep those tasks that you would like them to do short, and remember the less stuff that you have around the house, the less stuff that you and they are going to have to deal with. Number two is be consistent. Kids' brains love routine and schedule, so it is super important for you to be consistent with those tasks that you want to become habitual for your family. And third, be sure to cue them. Cueing can help make the transitions for kids from one activity to another smoother, and it can help cut down on the amount of time that it takes for them to make that transition. And it will make it very clear to them what your expectations are. Don't forget to join me in my Cocktails and Containers Facebook group, which you can find by searching for Cocktails and Containers the next time that you are on Facebook. And if you get a minute, please consider leaving a rating and review where you listen to podcasts. Your feedback is what helps podcasting platforms determine which podcasts they suggest for listeners. So every little bit of feedback I get really helps a small podcast like me. Also, if you haven't subscribed yet, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes that I have for you. Like next week when I will be talking with Kristen about creating a paper organizing system for her home. Until then, take care and happy organizing.